Hey guys, welcome back to Table Talk with Tiffany. I'm your host, Tiffany Taylor, and this is Table Talk. This podcast hopes to serve a purpose by being a virtual table where I can gather my friends around and we share stories of courage, inspiration, and faith. I'm so excited to have you joining me today. Let's Table Talk. Table Talk friends, I'm so happy that you are listening in on this conversation because, well, this is one of my best friends and it's such a joy to get to introduce you to one of my best friends and, oh, can you blow that out quick? There's candle stuff going on over here. You know what I thought? I thought, oh, I can't blow it out because I have a mic on, but so do you. <laughs> um, well, yeah, I'm just excited that we get to have a recorded conversation because we have lots of good conversations that are just unrecorded. And um, I just love and trust Hannah so much. So of course I would bring her onto the podcast, to my table, to anything else that I'm leading. But for our audience who doesn't know you, um, Hannah and I met at a bowling alley when she was interning for Philip 66 and was probably so uninterested in talking to this girl. <laughs> always and I'm just trying to make a new friend and she's not having it. And I think that we really couldn't have been more opposite and maybe find more that we are alike, but we are really different in a lot of ways. And it's been really good for our friendship. We lived together for a little bit before BSSM and met through a church group where she was new to the city and I prayed for friends for her. And then those girls ended up being like your friends. So yeah, like four girls were like, hey, you don't know anybody? Let's pray for you. We'll lay hands and ask for friends in your life. And then in a very roundabout way, a year later, I'm like, guys, remember that one time you guys asked God for friends for me and then you became them? <laughs> like yeah. one, of the, one of the many wild things, but yeah. I think like wild is just the theme of like yeah. our friendship of your life, of my life, just the wildness yeah. of God and of life, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So I wanted Hannah to come on today because she carries something really special about um, a reverence for the Lord, and she had a, she has a wild testimony, which I want you to share a short version of, like five minutes. <laughs> I mean, I'll work on it. I'll, um, I'll try. But I think that she's walking through something really unique in this season regarding obedience, and so she came prepared. She has a journal. Oh my gosh! She has two journals. I she's got her journals. She's got her good girl Bible over there. <laughs> she's prepared and so anyway yeah Hannah will you just like share who you are and then get into obedience oh my gosh. okay like half of who I am I'll take the entire hour so I'm like giving you all permission to be like hey let's do this like let's not go down that trail because I, I so will okay obviously this is why you and I chat for like four hours and have long dinners and stay up all night when we live together and I'm so pumped that that's gonna happen again I do think it's funny because I I got a new journal and I like took note. I was like praying like this morning, like, man, I have so much to say. And I literally wrote reference other journal page. <laughs> <laughs> I like have a cross-reference my own journals. I'm like, oh my gosh, if this if you don't know who I am, that should tell you everything you need to know that I'm cross-referencing my own thing. I um I am just a very average human with like a really unique God. Like I, 
I was telling someone today who doesn't have context for who I am actually, so this is good. I was explaining today, hey, on a scale of like your average church person, I think what they experience in life, um, a non-believer, and then like the farthest person you know on like the wildest scale, I'm like pretty far to that end of the scale, just in occurrences. I don't personally feel like I have like a hundred skills. I'm definitely not overly talented and like means of like, oh, she's a great at sports or great at whatever. I'm not great at a lot of things, but a lot of crazy things have happened to me. And I think because of those occurrences, I do believe God has done some kind of cool things in my character. And I think those are some of the things I want to talk about today, but also that's my testimony. You know, I was, um, raised with, um, my dad's atheist. My mom's agnostic. She definitely believes in God, but just doesn't really, I, I would say doesn't really fall in any particular place about it. And she's not a huge Bible reader, but, um, definitely believes in giving spiritual grounding to anyone, giving them the option to choose what they want to believe, which I, I actually love that because when I was young, there was a, there was a church in our neighborhood and my parents actually dropped my brother and I off at church on Sundays and Wednesdays, even though they didn't go themselves just mm-hmm. to give us the option, you know, wow. my dad didn't believe anything. My mom said, if you want, if you want to, here's choices, you know? Wow. So first of all, that is the Lord's hand from the very get go. You know, he had his hand in my life at a young age. Um, I, we moved across town. That church was no longer part of my life. And so I, um, around the age of, so like, I don't know, five to 10, maybe I was in church on Sundays and Wednesdays. Um, but then just, we would across town. My parents, you know, are not church goers. So they weren't going to drive back across town to the church. So I just stopped going, whatever. Um, the party lifestyle became a part of my life in late high school, early college. And then, um, another thing about me, I would call myself now intense. I've also heard the word extreme, <laughs> me. Um, but I can be an all or nothing type thinker. And for like anyone listening, you'll know exactly what I'm saying. You cannot eat a bite of cake. It must be four pieces. Like you cannot have a bowl of cereal. Well, can anyone really have a bowl? Of I don't know if anyone can have one bowl of cereal, but like I'm either getting, I'm either not drinking or I'm going to black out. Like this is the mindset. I'm either going to fail the test or I will have a hundred percent. Like these are the ways I, I thought, and I, I don't know the psychology behind that, but this is the way that I've lived my life for quite some time. I, I can't look back and say I was ever on the middle ground of anything. So poor athlete, awful at sports, like really awful, but I was pretty smart to an extreme I'd say. And so like, again, everything being extreme. Um, so alcoholic you know a lot of people say like oh you were in party stage in college I was in a party stage but I rarely didn't black out when I was drinking I know some of my friends would have a drink or two or go to a party and have fun no I was not remembering where I was every single time every time every single time because if I wasn't if I was coherent I felt like I wasn't there yet mm-hmm. I had to be the drunkest you know even when it came to like smoking pot when I picked that up if I wasn't like out of my mind I wasn't there yet like the, if if it, and it went everywhere. If I wasn't working out twice a day, if I didn't have six pack abs, I wasn't there yet. I had three jobs. If I wasn't like making more money than everyone I knew, I wasn't, it was just this arrival I kept looking for this constant seeking of a high, I think, um, you know, attention from guys. If, if I didn't get attention from five guys, I, it wasn't enough. Like there was just constantly something where it was missing, missing more, 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 more. I had to have straight A's. I ended up with a three, eight and it just killed me. Cause I'm like that, those, those three B's I got, 
just were the death of me. I had to have the A's. So I lived a very interesting life in college. I was someone's tutor. I was someone's drug dealer. And I was also someone's hookup, if you will, you know? And so that was the life I led in college. It's mm-hmm. extreme. Mm-hmm. Which, which channel do you want? I, I can be all of them. You know, I, I did a lot of that. Um, and then um, this is the, the storyline. I had like about one significant occurrence each year of college. So freshman year, I got arrested and I remember being in a very low place. And I said to, I, I thought in my, my life and my heart, I was just kind of like sitting there in my dorm room alone in the clothes I wore last night, fresh out of literally fresh out of jail. And I thought there's no one I have. I have no one because every person I could think to call right now is the same person who led me to get in that car and drive. That's why I arrested. And so I think at that point, honestly, it was the kindness of the Lord, but I thought, hey, there's a Christian in one of my classes. I'm just going to Facebook message him. Hey, Dustin, will you come and... Dustin of Dustin and Andrea? Of Dustin and Andrea, yes. Hey, Dustin, will you, uh, will you eat lunch with me? I need a friend right now. Wow. And for whatever reason, he came. And we were chatting about who knows what. And he says, so what do you think about God? And I said, Dustin, I don't talk about that. He said, well, you invited a Christian to lunch. So... <laughs> <laughs> and so I don't remember how the conversation went, but he said, listen, I would die for anybody in this dining court right now, because I don't know where they're going when they die, but I know where I am. And I'm thinking, you don't even know what to have for dinner tonight. Like how, how can you be so certain of anything? Like, I just remember thinking, wow, there's something about this person I do not have. But of course, even if that was conviction, it is, it was very difficult for me at that time to have sober thoughts. I was obviously with the behaviors of the extremities, you can tell I'm dealing with a lot of pain. So I'd have to sit there and process that out. It would have been too much for me. So generally when I would have deep thoughts like that, I would go to alcohol, pot, whatever it was, partying. So then sophomore year, I have this dream and in the dream, it feels like I'm underwater. There's white all around me. And you know, in a dream, how like, you know, something but you don't know how you know it. I knew there was someone to the left of me and someone in front of me. And I can still to this day remember it, like clear day. Like, oh, the feeling was like underwater. So it's quiet in a way that's not normally quiet. And I heard this voice say, if you deny me before man, I will deny you before the father. And I looked down and I could see I was far away from earth. I saw earth like so far away. It would almost be like if you were in space or something, I could see. It. And I said, no, let me go back. I'll redo it. And they said, no, today's the day. Today's the day of judgment. And I woke up bawling. I have chills all over my body. And I've heard that story before. Uh, like the, like I still to this day get a little teary because the hopelessness I felt in that moment was, I can't describe that feeling I've never had that emotion waking. Like that was an emotion I have never experienced because the hopelessness, it's like a permanency. Like it felt permanent. Like I will never go back. Mm-hmm. I can never, the time is up. And um, anyway, that's sophomore year. So I wake up again. This is a sobering thought, mm-hmm. yet the sobering thoughts were driving me to drink. And so I, I go back into, you know, I need to get stoned. I can't even deal with this. Uh, junior year, this is the cool one that I love to tell. Um, my aunt passed away um, in a car accident and she lived three hours away. I was in college, three hours from my parents. And um, I realized that night when she died, like this is the name I knew pretty well. I didn't cry. I was very passive. And I thought, oh my gosh, I'm depressed. Like I'm alone and I'm depressed. And I, that night I had run out of money. I didn't have any pot. I 
no one was partying. It was like a Tuesday or something. And I remember sitting in the apartment myself being alone with this thought and it was too much to bear. It, I, I just could not bear the, the, the emotion. And I thought, one, I'm in a bad place. The fact that I can't even cry over this is scaring me, one. And, and two, I can't be so, why can I not be sober? Why can I not be sober with myself, you know? Um, and so I said out loud, God, if you're real, show yourself to me. The other thing I said was, I need $40. Like I need, I need it because I didn't have $40 to drive home and back at the funeral. I'd be the cost of gas, $20 home, $20 back. Like, great gas mileage. <laughs> um, and so the next day I worked at August moon in Murray, Kentucky. I believe it's still there. Look it up. It's a Chinese buffet and Sunday mornings were the worst because Christians don't tip. So sorry if you're a Christian listening, but that's like, as a non-believer, that's absolutely stereotype. Like Christians just never tip. I don't we get it. Get I don't understand. I don't get that, but tangent for another time. So I'm at work making no money and I'm not surprised because it's Sunday. Christians never tip. I've made almost nothing. And honestly, on a good Friday night, shockingly, people will be shocked to hear this. I can make a hundred bucks on Chinese buffet and tips because you wait so many tables because you're not taking orders. So you're just refilling drinks, whatever, plates. Anyway, aside, I've made no money and the shift is almost over. A man comes with a Bible in his hand and two older women, clearly from church. He is being super nice, handing me his plates, helping me. I'm getting annoyed. I'm like, man, just get away. Like I've had a bad morning and his tip, his tab was like $8. So him and these two ladies leave on the table after they leave is two $20 bills for a tip, $40 on an $8 tab. I'm like, this is oddly specific. This guy had a Bible. Like I, I, I think it clicked. I, I just said a prayer last night. Like, what are the odds of that? You know? So I'm already in awe of like that. Like crap, God might be real. Like this is kind of weird. Two days later, I'm running late for class. I'm parked out in the boondocks, like out where no one parks. I'm like, it's $20 or $20, 20 minutes after the bell, like whatever. I'm like, I'm 20 minutes late to class. There's nobody on campus because the class has started. Mm -hmm. I'm running like fast walking to class and I, my shoes untied. So I've been down to tie it. And as, as I'm tying it, someone walks past me and just something in me was like, I don't know. Honestly, I know now it's an angel of the Holy spirit, but like, I, I, I like had to look up and see who it was. It was that guy who left me $40. What? I start chasing after him because he's walked past me. And I'm like, sir, 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 sir. Hi, hi. This is so awkward. But I, I was your waitress on Sunday and you left me $40. He said, oh yeah. I woke up that morning. The Lord said you would need that. So I came to make sure I gave it to you. I, oh my I, Still to this day, I'm just like, I wonder if that was it, like an angel in the sky. Like, I, I really wonder if that a real person because I never saw him again. Who was he? Was he a student? Who was that guy? I don't know who that was. I never, and Murray State's not, this is not a Texas school. This is much smaller. This is like 10,000 people. This isn't 40. Like you knew the regulars of campus and people. Don't know who this guy was. Anyway, so at this point, I'm actually starting to be convinced that God is real. After all these things are happening year on year, I'm like, at this point, I kind of feel like I'm pumped, honestly. That's what I was telling this girl today. I was talking, I was telling her about this is my life. There's no way. How could anyone even, I was alone in my house. I told nobody, how did this person know I needed 40? Like there's only one explanation in, in my mind. Mm -hmm. And I'm like going through all. Cause the last thing I would admit to is a God that is real. Because from my few years of church as a child, I know that you follow Jesus to go to heaven. And if you don't, you go to hell. So the, the, 
the sobering thought of that is like, I'm going to hell at this point if this is real. Yeah. And that was very difficult. And again, this is what drives me to go smoke pot. This is what drives me because that is sobering. That is very difficult to be alone with, especially mm-hmm. if you know your fate at this point. Yeah. The other piece of this is like, let's be honest, dude, I drink. I have a life I love, like love, quote unquote. I can't be alone myself, but mm-hmm. in everyone else's eyes, I'm, I'm skinny. I'm fit. I have the great grades. I have friends. Like I'm living it up. Like I don't need a God. Like I'm good quote unquote, right? I'm good on the outside. What the heck is it going to look like if this girl who drinks all the time, all of a sudden says, excuse me, guys, I'm going to follow Jesus. Where would I even go? The only Christians on campus, no offense, most of them, no offense. Very weird. I, I don't resonate with them. They're kind of creepy. They're always smiling and I don't know why. And it's <laughs> weirding me out. I can't picture a life where I'm like, hi, I'm here. Jesus. He's the greatest thing. That I-, I just don't see that. I'm like, I'm a realist. I don't get it. And that's my dad. My dad's such a realist. So I'm like that. Anyway, so here I am. I'm now kind of convicted. I'm actually like realizing God's real. So I will go on to not finish the senior year. I'll, I'll do a senior semester just because I had honestly such good grades. Never missed a class. I graduated early. So I go on to the senior semester loaded up with conviction. I mean, I'm at this point, I actually realize God is real. The problem is, like I said, I don't know what to do. I'm, I'm kind of stuck because what do, I, what do I do? Just enter a church and say, fix it. Like, you don't, I don't even have a person to talk to. But my senior year, there's a girl in one of my classes and I'm like, oh, what about this girl? There's something about her. Like she was actually really pretty. I really liked her, but like, there's something else I put my finger on. Um, I just want to table that for a second. Cause I'll just skip to the part where I say, but that matters. That matters. So just, so fast forward, I, um, applied to a grad school. There's a whole story in how this happened, but I, I don't think it's a focus of this. I basically have a guy write his number on a napkin and he is a very important man. He ends up giving me an internship. It's a very random thing. I was waiting tables again. The Lord put just the right person in place. He ends up being an alumni at Michigan State. And one of my favorite professors in my um, undergrad program was a Purdue alumni. And so Michigan State and Purdue are the two top masters of HR programs in the nation. Again, Lord opens the door there for me. Um, I apply to them and as I'm waiting to get in, I'm bartending and living with my boyfriend in St. Louis. And one day my boyfriend, who's an atheist, we're driving down the road. This is like, this is after senior year. So this is probably a year and a half out from the encounter with the August moon with the the random guy and $40. And we're driving on the road and he's just typical stoner, like philosophical talk, like we always do do you think God's real? Like, what do you think? Like, is there a universe? Is there like a real God? Like we're having just a philosophical conversation and all of a sudden freshman year guy in the cafeteria, sophomore year dream, junior year guy, $40 start coming to my mind and I'm losing it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. And I was like, please stop. I was like, Wait, what? I'm like, stop talking. Like I, I can't, I, I'm bearing the weight again that I knew the conviction and it is and I've always told this to believers, conviction to a non-believer feels like the weight of the world is on your shoulders because it's like, you know, what is right and, and you're choosing what is wrong. And as a believer, we know conviction is God's way of calling us, but for the stubborn, it is a heavy burden. It's really hard. And so I know what's right at this point. And he's like reminding me of the thing I've been really running from. And so that night I went to our apartment, he was working and I said, God, if you're real, I will actually follow you. I will not do it flippantly. I will not brush it off. 
I will do it the whole way. If you're Amish, I don't care. I'm wearing a bonnet. If you're Allah, I don't care. I'm converting it. I, I just want truth. There is obviously a God because these things have happened. I just need to know which one you are. So, Dang. yeah, yeah. Well, the Lord answered my prayer. Two days later, me and my boyfriend and what of a blunt, and we actually lived like three or four, I don't know, a lot. And again, and like for anyone who smoked or smokes, that's a, a lot to not be high. And I don't get high at all. And he is very high. And he's like, dude, what is going on? I can't get high. Wow. We try again, like the next day, can't get high. I, what is happening? <laughs> like, yeah. and then I'd say, blocking you. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, I don't know what's happening. And honestly, this prayer, that was a thing, but like, it's on my life. My life is my marketing job, getting into grad school. I don't think twice about this prayer. This isn't like I'm going to church or anything. So then a few days later, I like wake up next to him. And like, this is a man I, I had two marketing jobs with. And like, I loved, like I was, we lived together. Like, this is like my whole world. I woke up and was just like, this isn't right. He's not supposed to be staying here. I'm not supposed to. We're not supposed to do what we're doing. He has to go. I don't know. It's again to this day. There was. It was not like I like. Well, he's like Jesus told me no. Like I just woke up with this like knowledge that this was wrong. Yeah. And I told him like I don't know what's going on, but we can't smoke and you can't live here. And he's like, dude, what? Like this was our life, you know. Like all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Hannah's getting these bizarre thoughts. Like, and she's telling everyone him to change, you know. And so. Um, I end up going, getting sent to Purdue, going to Purdue. We, we, we end up breaking up because I'm like, Hey, I think God's real. And I need to figure this out. My own. Like that, that's really a conversation we had. It was nothing else to do. Just back up weird stuff is going on. And I feel like I'm in a punk show. Like, so gosh, now I have so many thoughts. I'm like, Oh my gosh, it's not just testimony. It's all this stuff. Okay. The end of this is I told God that I was like, Hey, if you're real. And a few days later, I'm running on campus at Purdue. People are, it's like the beginning of the semester. People are passing out like organization cards trying to join their club. And someone gives me a card. I stick it in my little armband. I go back to my apartment and I put it up on my bulletin board, not even looking twice at what it is. So I start walking past this bulletin board again in my room. And my heart starts racing. I'm like, dude, what is going on? It's almost like, it would be like, I always think of it like a laser. Like it was like I was walking and the laser was zapping me every time. I was like, what is going on? And I look at the card, it's the campus ministry. And immediately I'm like, oh gosh, oh gosh, this is the moment. This is what these four years have led up to. Like I've been pursued by God. And obviously in my head, it's like, God has found me. I don't know what I'm saying in my head, but it's not being pursued. I'm just saying whatever the agnostic person says, and they realize God is real and he's coming after them. Mm -hmm. That's where I'm at. So I emailed the thing on the card and I'm like, hello, comma, like business, like (laughs) business casual right here. Like. Uh, I would like to attend a meeting. Please let me know where. And they say, okay, we're having water baptisms uh, in the gym and the hot tub. Uh, if you want to come, I'm like, okay. Like, I just go with myself, send them back to the bleachers. There's like maybe 70, 80 people at this organization. I don't know what it is. I'm like, so their whole situation is they show a, I don't know why they did this. They show a video of like, this is what baptism is. And this is what salvation is. And I watch it and it shows sin. And then man on the cross dying. And I remember watching, I still remember I was sitting in the room. I was watching the video and I said, yeah, that's me. I'm, I'm, I am the one on the wrong side. I need the savior. Like I watched the video. It was a very, I, I don't remember much of it. It just must've been very clear. Cause I knew in that moment mm-hmm. I'm on the wrong side of the tracks here. And these people in this room are on the right side and I know it. And so wow. I go to the baptism I'm watching and what they're doing is they're sharing their testimony, like a five minute testimony before they go under. 
And as they're speaking, peace of God is coming over me. And I don't know it's the peace of God. I just know that all of a sudden, all these rushing anxious thoughts and questions I have are being quieted. And I'm just coming into truth. And for, again, someone who's so confused, so lost, truth feels like a warm blanket. It just feels like your home. I'm just like, man, like the answers are here, but I don't have any answers. Like no one's mm-hmm. telling me, but I know. And I can't describe that in any other way. Like the peace uh-huh. of God came on me again. I didn't know at the time. All I knew is that everything made sense all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. These people were, they're telling me stories about how they were one way and now they're another, or there was one way. And then all of a sudden things start happening and they realize they're being pursued by God. They're, they're telling me my story. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is me. And I walk up to the pastor afterwards. I'm like, I have been to church in 15 years, but here I am. Thank you so much. She's like, wait, who are you? I'm like, bye. Just go back to my apartment. And I go and I sit down that night and I said, okay, we win. I'm giving my whole life to you. And I'm going to keep going back to this group and I'm going to figure out who you are. And uh, that was November 1st, 2014. And I did. And that organization is called Chi Alpha, Christ Ambassadors, whatever. They're all for campuses. They're all about like international students, international ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a hundred thoughts on that, but that's the short Yeah, that's story. the short version. Thanks for sharing that. I'm always th- enthralled about like how God saved you. You're like the classic, like the classic story, you know? We all are. Even as I say that, I'm like, actually, like, <laughs> no, we've all been lost and we were all found. Like, yeah. But you just, I don't know, you always hear, like, oh, there is a little. Sorry, okay. go ahead. Well, I just think, like, we, I think that we all have a friend, you know, who we can associate. Like, no, they're like lost, lost, yeah. lost. And yeah. there's like no hope for them. But I find so much comfort knowing that God pursues over courses of years and brings different people along the way and so actually to that point I want to close the loop so uh after I got saved about six months in um so I get it's spirit filled so holy spirit's moving I'm the Lord speaking to me very clearly actually leading my walk and I hear him almost like audibly I hear him very clearly and one day I'm running and he tells me hey call Andrea Andrea who like Andrea Andrea Heron from school, that girl that was in that class my senior year. And I was like, Ooh, she has something I don't have that girl. I, I was talking about. Okay, fine. So I go home. I call her. Hey, Andrea, this is Hannah from Murray state. Do you like remember me from classes? I know this is so random. She's like, yeah, I remember you. I'm like, okay. Um, I don't really know why I'm telling you this, but I'm following Jesus now. And I wanted to let you know, and it gets real quiet. And she says, I prayed for you every day for six months and made a class together. And no matter how you kept showing up to class, I kept praying. And I, at one point, didn't even know what to say anymore. So I just prayed in the spirit because I was trying to class drunk sometimes or high or whatever. And, you know, she, she knew that. And she was like, what am I doing? God, why do you keep leading? And the Lord kept leading her to pray. And she actually married a guy from freshman year who witnessed me in, in the cafeteria that's the full circle mm-hmm. story there how yeah. the Lord used both of them in my story and now they're together and so cool. I will share this podcast with them I talk about them so much because they are the foundation really I mean this is what I'm saying when I see lost people I'm like they're not lost they're not as lost as you think because she didn't know that the Lord had pursued me year after year after year mm-hmm. and she was just a piece of that she has no yeah. idea she's watering a seed just by praying and I had no idea she was praying she never told me mm-hmm. she just was obedient 
And so I always tell people, like, do not stop praying. Because if she would have stopped, who knows where I'd be, right? Who knows what her prayers were doing? Were they mm-hmm. ministering angels? Were they keeping me safe, you know, until the time of salvation? Like, what what was going on? I don't know. But I know that the Lord is faithful through them, you know? Mm-hmm. Amen. So, yeah, I, I have to always close the loop with that because it's just, that's so amazing to me. Yeah, it totally is. It totally is. Like, I think it's encouraging to be on both parts of the story you know like to be somebody who's praying or that guy would never guess that morning that the 40 bucks is going to be ministering to you all these years or that it's even a part in your salvation story yeah and how important it is to be obedient yeah as the one sowing the seed into the person so let's just hop into obedience and Um, how does obedience now, as you've been walking with the Lord for seven years, how is it different now than the first three or four years of your life? Like, how has it changed? Oh, this is the, this is the notes part. So if you think about like the natural progression of like a child, like think about like how you tell a child to do something like, Hey, don't do that. Hey, do that. Like, don't run across the street or hey when you're riding a bike make sure you put your feet back to like make it break like you're explaining things to them I felt like very much Lord was like don't don't sleep with your boyfriend hey don't get blackout drunk hey like it's very black and it's very easy very simple you know mm-hmm. even um like questions I had about jobs I should take like it was like I felt like very clearly he was like like at that point I had a lot of jobs to interview for but he I only had one offer like the Lord was kind of making my path very easy just like he would for your kid right like you're gonna take them to school you're not gonna tell them the school to pick they don't know they're too young yeah but but they're gonna trust you to do it for them right Mm -hmm. so for me a lot of my obedience was obvious right it was the Lord God I would say God give me one option he gave me one option God is is Texas what you want for me one job in Texas okay I know the answer yes the answer is yes I don't know why. I honestly don't care. He's my father. He's my savior. He just showed me, literally, like, got me out of a pit that I was in and put me on solid ground. Anything he says I'm doing or anything I even think is him I'm doing. So as as an immature believer, I mean, I depend on him just for my well-being of spirituality. I, <laughs> I don't know anything. And we're talking, like, what yeah. are the books of the Bible? I, I don't know. Like, yeah. And so at that point, I remember asking, telling God, like, the Bible's confusing to me. Can you please help me? Under, like, can I, what do you want? Can you give me an interpreter? Like, how can we fix this? Because I'm in numbers. Oh my God. And I'm asking you a question about like what church to go to. How is this helping me? I don't, you know, and literally a few days later, someone came to me and said, Hey, I felt like the Lord wanted me to give you this. It was a study Bible and it had all of like the paraphrasing on the bottom. So I could oh. understand context of things. Yeah. Even that. I asked three days later, received mm-hmm. like, and I had faith when I asked him, I knew he'd answer because I told him, show yourself to me and I'll follow you. He said, okay, I did. It just, it wasn't, it was simple. It was black and white. Yeah. It's my extreme thoughts. He met you in the extremity. He did. He met, he had to, because that's the only place Hannah's blinders were on, you know, but yeah. he knew that, right. He was very aware of the framers I had put. That's not, they're not framers for him, but like he knew, he, he knew where he had to be. He put himself there for me, you know, for my soul, for my spirit. So we fast forward, like, I don't know, 
uh, three or four years. I go to the middle of nowhere, Texas, and I did that out of obedience to the Lord. I did it. I, I knew it was his heart um, through a number of confirmations I had. Actually, I texted you and another friend, Becca, separately and said, hey, there is an option presented in front of me. I need you to pray and ask the Lord yes or no, because I wanted to know if it was his will or not. And you both texted me back about two hours later, but on the same moment. Yes, I feel like peace on this. Both of you. And you guys don't, you guys aren't, you don't talk. So like I knew, okay, that's my yes. Like, I think there's a place of, as an immature believer, we need the absolute, absolute confidence that we're making the right decision because we're terrified of the repercussion because we don't understand grace at this time. Not everybody, but definitely at many young believers I've met. I don't understand grace, the grace of God. Like, I don't fully get that, like, if I make a wrong decision, it's okay, he's there. I'm just so big on obedience because I've come so far out of disobedience that I'm just so intent. I, I must do his will or or the other side of not doing his will is darkness. I mean, I see these two extremes, right? Mm-hmm. So as we progress into life and follow the Lord, I go to Midland, Texas, where it's, to me, I think it just feels like the Lord said, okay, cool, I'm going to drive away for two years and see you later. So my whole two years there, I'm not hearing any of this. I'm asking questions. I'm looking for the signs. I'm waiting for a friend to fall out of the sky and tell me, Hannah, the Lord spoke to me last night and said you were asking him this question. Here's your answer. I'm not getting this at all. I'm not, I'm not getting dreams. I'm not getting anything. I'm not, I'm not having the other, like the process of elimination, my options. It's nothing. So now what? Who's God? Where is he? I mean, who, why did he do that? You know, there's these heart-wrenching questions that apparently I learned now many Christians go through, but I just being a few years didn't know and, and very much fell into if I'm not constantly in manifestation of miracles, I must be, I must be lost and not saved. And you actually, for me, I don't know if this is just maybe enemy or just human nature after about a year and a half of wondering, start to assume I must not be a chosen one. I must have done something wrong to get myself out. There's places in here. There's like one place in the Bible that talks about apostasy or like two or three, maybe we look at all the greats and all the redemption, but then I'm like, apparently hard prep. I like need to find the places where I might fall into. And somehow I want to follow Jesus, but like, I'm in this like category. I put myself in, but I'm not allowed. It feels like this weird place. And I can't explain, I just, I can't explain it any more than literally it felt like someone turned the light off on me and I was back in darkness again. It's really bizarre. Just like to give like year context, like you get saved 2014 that right Mm -hmm. and then you have like three years years. of like high intensity like God is speaking to you almost audibly you're asking for things and they happen immediately you have all these like you have like a revolving door of God moving yeah yeah and like with people and miracles and answers and Chi Alpha and like everybody is like it just feels like really high mm-hmm. and got it. Like you, whenever you said yes, like you said, yes. Like yeah. you like said no to everything else. You're like, you're following Jesus. And it's somewhat maybe easy. Like, Oh sure. It's easy to be like, Oh, well I need a X, Y, or Z. And he's like, okay, well here you go. Because of like, he's your father. Right. Mm-hmm. So coming home or moving from Illinois to is Purdue in Illinois. 
Indiana. Indiana. Well, moving from Purdue to Midland, where there's nobody anyways, like, and then this is the process you're seeing, you're talking about, like, completely dry, empty, wondering. Let's not, let's not forget, this is an actual, no one knows what Midland is, a literal desert. There are tumbleweeds here. This is actually literally what it is spiritually. Mm -hmm. It's dust. There are dust storms there. This is a desert yeah. in every nature of the way. Mm -hmm. So, like, I'm just, like, desert spiritually, desert physically. I mean, I'm almost like this is a joke, right? Like, yeah. I've been sent to an actual desert. Yeah. So that, you have that for two years. Two years. Yeah. yeah. So that ended in 2019. I moved back the day I moved there. So November 7th, 2017, I went. November 7th, 2019, I came back to Houston. Mm -hmm. So that process was about a year. It took me a year to even, I would call it defrost from like the frozenness of just like feeling so abandoned and so lost. I mean, my theology was so wrecked. One thing I think I took for granted was the word. The good thing about that two years is I spent, you, I can't hear the voice of God. I am not seeing the miracles like I was. I fasted. I, I mean, I sought the Lord, but everywhere I knew how he was not speaking. And like, I would say after that, like two year time, I'm assuming now maybe I'm, maybe I'm crazy. All those things that happened for those three years, they, those don't actually happen. And again, certain theologies will tell you that. So I started to adopt those theologies. So, I, and in those theologies, I don't want to name names, but they're very into the word of God. And so I thought, okay, let me, if, if there's nothing else, I can at least cling to the, the facts in this book. Like I can take the history here and hopefully get something, even though there's no real relationship going on, because this guy's not talking to me anymore. Like we're not in a relationship. He doesn't talk to me. So this word is all I have. Mm -hmm. and looking back it was a huge blessing but really like at the time I was very mad that I'm stuck here with just me and the bible and so me and the bible I got to know the word very well very well I was actually trying to figure out where I fit in it if, if I'm even am I one of the elite or am I one of the lost I don't know because you know they're referencing different people but I have that and so the last the year after that 2019 through most of 2020 was me defrosting from like just the bible is all that matters and there is no living holy spirit among us there is no god it's just no active god right he's already spoken that's what this is and so just there are some really bizarre things that happen between okay i moved back from midland and now i'm in houston within about three months some super, some super crazy stuff starts happening to where i'm back kind of jolted awake again the way i was in 2014 so for example, I saw multiple people manifest demons. And for anyone who's not seen that, you cannot unsee it. There's <laughs> literally nothing. It is not. You can tell when it's real because you can feel the darkness in your soul when you're around it. Like you can mm -hmm. see it in someone's eyes when their eyes, you can see it's like dilated. It mm -hmm. looks like, it looks insane. Yeah. Um, and they act in a way that you've never seen before. It's not acting. You can tell. There's, mm -hmm. They're not in control. It's very scary. So here I am. Bible is all there is. There is no supernatural. There is nothing. And then demon manifests. So I have two realities to face here. It's like, okay, so either I wasn't crazy and all those things that I thought happened in 2014 to 17 actually was the Lord and the supernatural and the power of God and miracles. 
or like this in front of me isn't real. This person's not going to because the two are the same. The things that happened before in this situation even brings heaven to earth. Like the reality of who God is and his power and his authority and his might is mm-hmm. showing right in front of me. And so is Satan's. I mean, they're both, they're both in front of me in this manifestation because I also see the demon cast out by the power of God. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, now I had to go back to where I was before and just the whiplash of that, the turning my head twice of is God real? Is he not? Is he God? It's just, that was very painful that the even the defrosting of the pain from that took me i'm still coming out of it really um and so yeah that that's kind of where i'm coming into now like just the marrying of the two Mm -hmm. so the the word of god the truth like the two years i spent with nothing but the word of god combined with the three years of complete manifestation and now about a year of relational healing with God is what I have I, I say the last year mm-hmm. of asking him the questions God look I don't need an answer today but in my heart and in my life I would like to know like where were you mm-hmm. you know like what was that wilderness yeah were you as far away as you felt did you actually abandon me am I safe like can we talk about this now like now that I feel like you are real and you do have a voice can we have that conversation and I think that's kind of where I've come to now like they're not it's a false dichotomy. It's not the word or the miracles, it's both. And I think as a baby believer, I had a very fun, cool testimony without roots and grounding. Mm-hmm. And now I've got history with him, mm-hmm. you know? And so I think that's kind of where we're at today. Wow, guys, isn't this just incredible? I don't know about you, but I feel faith in my heart growing and excitement for what God has done in Hannah's life. Isn't her story just incredible? Well, as you can tell, we are cutting this short and making it a part two series. So tune in next week for the rest of the story.